0: Helping you unwind after a long day of work.
2: I think he's kind of a boob. You can't really take the day off as a person. You can't go out there and be a
1: moron. It doesn't work like right that.
0: The Nightcap. We're eating your food. On WGR Sports Radio 550.
2: I got... Something weird kind of happened. I I guess it's weird. Maybe it's not, and maybe I'm just overthinking it, but... So, I eat my salad. You know, I I eat my meals here. Usually, I'm eating dinner here. I'm here till 9 o'clock. So, I eat my salad. I'm going to put it back in the fridge, because, you know, you can't leave salad dressing sitting out, I think. Probably, maybe for a little bit, but... I don't know, just figure you might as well put it back in the fridge. And as I go in there... Someone's got a duffel bag... In the fridge, the the community fridge here in the office uh, that is Entercom Communications, uh, WGR and such, and there is a duffel bag sitting in the fridge. I don't know what is in the duffel bag, but it, it is a move I have never thought of, or whether it would ever be accepted. Like it's it's not something you see very often. I, now, usually I'm a I'm just a plastic bag guy, just gonna reuse the ones that Wegmans gives me or uh, wherever I'm going. Tops. Um like today, and I'm reusing those plastic bags not a big brown paper bag guy never was I was a lunch not lunch, not lunch pal but lunch lunch bag like the uh it wasn't it wasn't brown paper bag it wasn't a lunch pail but I had I had the same lunch bag every day when I was going to school, so I went from that to the plastic bag and I never thought about using a duffel bag to bring the lunch or to the dinner and I'm just, I'm thinking, I'm looking in there like, oh, someone's got their gym clothes in the fridge. That doesn't make any sense. So I'm hoping that that's not the case. I don't know why you would do that. It's like the opposite of what Kramer did in Seinfeld. He would put his, um, oh, well, he would put his shirts in, like, one shirt. He would put it in the dryer to put it immediately on. He would always wear his clothes like that. This would be the opposite. I don't know what the point of that would be, though. You would not want to wear your shirt cold, I would think. Unless you think it's going to like wake you up, maybe that would be a good thing. You know you're waking up in the morning like six o'clock, seven o'clock in the morning if you're or maybe even earlier, like you got a really early start and you know the next day like, oh, I'm gonna be so tired. this is gonna be the worst. Why not take your shirt, put it in the fridge? Then the next day, you wake up, you put the shirt on it's 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 nice and cold wakes you right up. That could be a move. I'm gonna try it tomorrow. Although I'm not one to usually get up very early, so maybe I'm not the person, that the test dummy, that should properly use this. But maybe, maybe that's an idea for someone out there that's looking for a big business. That I don't. I, I'm more of an ideas man. I'm not quite the execution guy. So uh, if there's someone out there that wants to execute my idea, just give me. You know, we'll do. We'll split it 70-30, and we'll call. It, we'll call it a day. Refrigerator shirt in the morning to wake you up. It's not that bad an idea. I'm actually liking it. I'm talking myself into it as, uh, as we progress here on the show. Um 8030550 is the phone number. We're talking lots of bills tonight. Uh, I, the schedule is on my mind. We'll get into that. Josh Allen expectations. We'll get into that as well, a different way of looking at it. Um, and the, I put a Twitter poll up that I think is going to come back pretty favorably in one direction. So first eight games. I'm looking at the schedule, I'm listening to the afternoon guys today, and they're talking about the beginnings of the schedule. Like those first eight games are extremely favorable. I would say, of your seven easiest games on the season, five of them are in the first half. At the Giants, home Miami, home Washington, home Cincinnati, and I don't like Tennessee much this year, at Tennessee. I would call those your five five of your seven easiest games. And they all come in the first half of the schedule. Now, you have a couple of tough games at the beginning there, but I'm not seeing the, the elite quarterbacks, of course. Like, you have Wentz, you have Brady, um, that Eagle game is going to be tough, that Patriot game is going to be like a normal Patriot game, when they're always going to beat us down. But, well, probably. But the rest of them are pretty nice, pretty easy. And 5-3, and three, like, would you sign up for 5-3? and three? Would you take it? In the first half of the season. That's the easiest part of your schedule. And if you go 5-3. and three, You might have to duplicate that. Against a tougher back half schedule. To make the playoffs. And that's why I would not take 5-3 and three right now. I, if you told me right now I could sign on the dotted line. The Bills will go 5-3. and three, I'm not signing. Because the way I see it. This year. Should be the boom season. Think about like other teams have had that boom season where they've gone from average to below average to not like a real threat and then they just they take off and it's almost always motored by their quarterback. Kansas City last year. Like they were good, they were a playoff team with Alex Smith, but they're ever a real Super Bowl contender with Alex Smith. Whereas now with Mahomes, they were just unbelievable last season and you know just going forward every year that's the team. That's the team that you're going to have to compete with in the AFC until New England ultimately is done. Kansas City is the one you're looking at. I'm thinking about Seattle for this a few years back. Like they were four, five wins. Let's see, they were two, seven win seasons and then 11, and then Super Bowl. And that 11-win season, you go from 7 wins to 11 wins, and you do that with Russell Wilson as your quarterback. You get the quarterback production that you've been looking for. That was their boom season. The Browns, I think, are the team that most people would think, all right, who's going to have that boom season this year? Browns. For sure. Mayfield, first overall pick last year. He was dynamite in his his rookie season. Set the rookie touchdown record for passing touchdowns, 27. And they... Oh, and they just added arguably the best receiver in football. Maybe not the best receiver in football, the most talented receiver in football. They just added him, and now they're backup running back. If he can stay out of trouble and stay on the field, I mean, he was he led league in rushing two years ago, and he's the backup now. So the Browns, I think, were the te- are the team that you would pick for that. But is it really inconceivable to think that the Bills would be that? That boom season that sets up years and years and years of contention. Like, that's what we're all looking for. That's what we're all striving for. And I don't think 5-3 and three is that. 5-3 and three with an incredibly easy schedule. Playing Miami and the Giants and the Redskins and average teams in the AFC. 5-3, and three, that's not cutting it to me. Because if you do that, I'm not even thinking about probably the next five years. Whereas you go 6-2, and 7-1, and one, what are we talking about? We're talking about playoffs for sure. But we're talking about we found our guy. We found our coach. We found our GM. We found our team. Like, all right, here we go. Years and years of this, right? Whereas 5-3 and three doesn't feel like that. It's a good start. It's a nice start. But they've had that start before. They've had it. And with what is lurking at the end of their schedule. Road games, tough road games against good teams like Dallas and Baltimore and Pittsburgh and New England. That's lurking there. You're waiting for that to happen. And if you think you're going to match your production or your record from you, from that first half with easy games with those tougher games at the end, I just I don't see how that happens. Now you you go out throughout the year, you go throughout the year. You're going to win games that you don't expect to win. You're going to lose games you don't expect to lose. But usually it evens out. If this team's going to have the boom season that I think sets them up for five years, at least, of playoff contention, if not Super Bowl contention, then that team that's ready to take that step does better than five and three in those first eight games. That's my opinion. And... You know, th- sitting here thinking, I think Bills fans, it feels like they would take 5-3. and three. I-, I think my bar, I feel like my bar might be a- not too high, but higher than most people. Because, like, if they go 9-7 and seven and are contending for a playoff spot until the final week, that's going to feel like a step, but I'm not going to be satisfied with that at all. I'm not going to, it's going to feel like progress, but it's not going to feel like enough progress for me. Because this seat like i just want to feel what well, i want to feel what a good team feels like like a lot of times i feel like people say that and it's kind of an exaggeration i literally don't know what a good team feels like i know what a playoff team feels like i don't know what a really good bills team feels like and limping towards a playoff contention or uh, towards a playoff race is just going to feel like more of the same and the reason you traded Heaven and Earth to get Josh Allen, the reason you tore down, or Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott tore down what was set up here beforehand with talented players, the reason all of that happened was because the standard needed to be raised. And the standard like I'm seeing in, in the in the embedded videos. Like it's fine. Like I'm not I'm not it's not a big deal, but in the embedded videos, like, what do the Bills have plastered all over the walls? What do they have on the TVs, like in the workout rooms? What do they have all over the facilities? Playoff caliber. And that's fine because they've yet to really achieve that. But I think the whole Josh Allen thing and the whole not being okay with Tyrod Taylor as your quarterback thing was playoff caliber ain't enough like we need to have a higher standard at some point. Tyrod Taylor was the quarterback of a team that made the playoffs. We wanted better. And 5 and 3, it feels good, but it's not going to feel like a whole lot better to me. So I'm not saying I'm taking that. I 6 and 2. I would take 6 and 2. 7 and 1. Is that that outrageous? Teams have that season. That year where Their their win total, maybe, at Vegas is seven wins. And then the first half of the year, they rattle off six or seven wins. Teams have those those seasons all the time. And everyone seems to think it's Cleveland going to be this year. I would tell you it's going to be Cleveland. But why can't it be the Bills? Now, we could explore that further, because why can't it be the Bills? I would immediately get to Josh Allen and his accuracy. Will he actually take the next step? Because he will be the guy that drives whether... This, this thing I'm talking about, where I'm labeling it a, the boom season that the Bills need to have, that's going to be driven by how big a step Josh Allen takes in year two. Eight oh three oh five fifty is the phone number. It's the nightcap with Joe DiBiase here on WGR. Let's go to CJ in West Seneca. CJ, what's up, man? You're on the nightcap.
1: Joe, what's going on? Good evening. How are you? Good. How are you? Good man. So I basically broke down the Bills season into three different tiers. So the first tier is four games I think are against the basement dwellers. So that's going to be the Giants, the Bengals, the Dolphins, um, and the uh, and the Redskins. Yep. Then there's an elite category, which would be the Patriots. The two games against them, okay. the Steelers, and then the Eagles. And then the hodgepodge is the middle games. I'm not going to go through the whole schedule, but you can see some yep. Ones. yep. There There's no reason why I agree with you, firstly, that we shouldn't be able to go 6-2 and two because the, the, the Jets games, at the very, the very mi- minimum, we should split. The Giants are horrible. The Bengals are going to be horrible with A.J. Green being out, potentially. Tennessee yeah. at Tennessee is winnable. The Dolphins are going to be you know, competing for a race to the bottom. And then we get to that middle part of the schedule where we have the Eagles, the Browns, um, you know, at, at, at Dallas. Denver. Yeah, uh, And I mean, you know, to be completely honest with you, too, you know, I'm obviously a Bills fan, but from a, a, a gambling standpoint, even the Bills are at six and a half right now. And you can go to any sportsbook online and you'll see the Bills are getting six and a half wins. We might hit six wins in the first eight games, like you're saying. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know if it's because we're not getting any respect, if because Josh Allen is really getting no respect from the rest of the, you know, the league and like the national pundits. But I mean, I see at the minimum nine wins this season, if not ten. So I, I just don't see it where they're saying that we might be yeah have seven win team.
2: CJ, thanks for the call, man. Like you laid it out perfectly, and like I, I I think I agree more so with you. I'm somewhere in the middle. I have them at about eight or nine wins, and I think there's a difference between what I think that they're going to be versus what they should be. They should be a ten win team. They should be a playoff team. They should be a team that is ready to take the next step towards Super Bowl contention. Like we should be thinking about that in the next couple of years. That's the whole thing here, right? It's the whole reason for their existence. I know he said it Terry Bogus said it about the Stanley Cup, but I would assume he would say the same thing about the Super Bowl. Like that's the reason. And you don't get to Super Bowl contention unless you first take that big step towards being a playoff team. And if the if you set up the blueprint from the beginning from when Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott got here, what was the blueprint? We we know what it was now cuz they they did it. They laid it out and they did it. They tore down the Bills team that preceded them. Save a few veteran players. Jerry Hughes, Lorenzo Alexander, LaShawn McCoy. They tore it down. They traded any good young player that had value. Darby, Darius, Watkins. They traded him. The quarterback, who was good. Was he great? No. He was good. Gone. Gone. They got their cap into shape. They got their quarterback. They set their defense up. Their defense was good last year. They did that first. Now, I have a problem. I wouldn't have done that myself, but they did that first. Now they got their offense. They got their offensive line. They got their receivers. They got their young running back. At least one. I would have wished they had two, but they got one. They got their tight end. Draft and free agency. They got it all. They got their coordinators. They figured that out. Everything that you would have said they needed to accomplish to become a playoff team three years ago when they got here has been accomplished. So now it's go time. Now it's time to put the pen to the paper, and now it's start writing some Ws next to these wins. So now we're in an interesting spot because, like you said, expectations around here, like what are they? Are they nine wins? Are they ten wins? Because to me, they have to be minimum playoffs. Three years ago, they would have told you, this is the year we're going to make it. In an honest moment, they wouldn't have told you year one they expected to make the playoffs. No way with that team that they think they were making the playoffs. They would have told you that year three, give us till year three, we'll have the defense figured out, we'll have the quarterback, and we'll have some support around him. That's the year we make the playoffs. So just because they made it year one, because Andy Dalton threw a 50-yard touchdown pass on a fourth and whatever, that shouldn't change what this year needs to be. And this year needs to be playoffs. And to me, the reason I'm not signing up for five and three is because if this year needs to be playoffs, I think you need to be better than five and three in those eight games, considering who you play and considering who you play towards the end towards the back half. 803 is the number. Jonathan and Alden. What's up, Jonathan? You're on the nightcap. Hey, Joe. um, Thanks
1: for the show. Um, I want to say the bit... I think the bit... Yeah, I think five and three should be a little bit reasonable because the Eagles Eagles and the Patriots are the only two teams that scare me. I mean, at some point... um, uh, yeah, at some point hopefully Tom Brady starts to regress, but <laughs> kind of torn on the, the.
2: Jonathan, you could have called me in two thousand nine and said the same thing. I'm, I'm laughing at that, but no, you're right. You're right. Continue.
1: But anyhow, um, I, I'm kind of torn on the Jets because they are a dysfunctional franchise. But I do like Sam Darnold. But I, yeah, I, I have to, I have to agree with you. I think, five, I think six and two or better should be the goal. I mean. I've been hearing a lot of good things about Josh Allen training camp, and I'm hoping he he could really step up and take that next step. I mean, I like I guess I think five and three
2: may, six, I think six and two should be the goal. I I do I do too. Well, I think it's it's so tough. Like you don't want to split the schedule completely like that because as long as they end up at ten wins and they get make the playoffs, then I don't really care how they made it. They could start one and six and win out. Fine, whatever. And that'd be very weird, but whatever. I'll take that. But it just doesn't seem realistic. New England is the interesting part here. Because New England is a tyrant. They have ruled the AFC East for 20 years. And it's so hard to think you can even be in the same league as them. After all that's gone on. With them just beating you down and beating you down. Unless they have a third string quarterback with a broken thumb. You don't beat them. Or Garoppolo... Uh, plays like his first ever NFL game in a week 17 like though that's when you beat the Patriots and yeah do we have to wait for Brady to regress do we because well, maybe we probably do but I'd like to think that this team at some point because the Jets have had these years the Dolphins have had these years they did it with the Wildcat those other AFC East teams have had years where they split with New England. That's how they've made the playoffs. It's so hard to go 10 and 4 in non-New England games. Like that's a great team. And that's why AFC East teams seem so they hardly make the playoffs. Cuz it's two automatic losses almost every year. And when's the Bills year going to be that? When are the Bills going to make it because they split with New England? Like that would be this year. No? And that's why I'm thinking about six and two. Like that being a big difference between six and two and five and three. Because I think if you go six and two, you may you there's a much greater chance that you have split with the Patriots. Cause as I laid out, and as it's you know, it's just the way it is. You don't win every game you think you're gonna win, you don't lose every game you think you're gonna lose. And seven and one seems almost like a dream like some teams have that year and I would want that to happen but I might have to split with New England to make the playoffs this year and if that needs to happen home Patriots week four is the time to do that we had Mark Schofield on last week inside the pylon.com locked on Patriots he covers the Patriots and he made a point about Belichick that I think you know it just kind of it, it rings true Belichick experiments early in the year. They play their best football down the stretch. And I think that's completely fair, and I think that's completely right. If that's the case, home week four. How how many times, by the way, are there storylines that, oh, is New England finally done? Is this, uh, or finally they're going to, they've hit the rock, or they are hit the rocky roads or whatever. That's not the saying. That was a terrible job. But there's always storylines at the beginning of the season. Oh, there's turmoil in New England. And then December shows up, and they're, they're going at 150 miles an hour, and they're running over every team they play. December is when they play their best football, right? So why am I to think that if New England is playing their best football, that the Bills at New England, when that's happening, is going to be a very likely win? Like Week 4, home Patriots would be the time to do it for sure. Here's Mark Schofield, by the way, on that very thing uh, from from last week.
0: Belichick always stresses that he wants this team to be playing their best football come say December and January. He doesn't want to peak too early, try some different things early in the season, and sort of figure out your identity as you go. And you know, last year you could say that down the stretch into the playoffs, they took on more of a running identity on the offensive side of the ball. Their defense obviously stepped up for them into the playoffs and. Had a great game in Super Bowl 53 against that Rams offense. So they will find a way to figure it out. They'll have to do it this year at a couple of positions on the offensive side of the ball, a couple of spots on the defensive line. But that's what they've done year in and year out. They, They figure it out as they go, and they try to play their best football down
2: the stretch. Yep. So if I want to split with the Patriots, week four. That's a huge game. And I'm thinking about New England this year. I've said it. I'm thinking about the Patriots. I'm thinking about division. Because that boom season that I've been laying out, if that happens, then we'll be thinking about division this year too. And that's what the goal should be. Not just, hey, let's sneak in. Or let's be 9-7 and seven and feel like it's real progress. Let's do, why not, let, the bar needs to be higher. The bar needs to be Indy with Luck. Kansas City with Mahomes. Seahawks with Russell Wilson. The teams that have truly took leaps when they brought in their young quarterbacks, not just baby steps. And especially when this quarterback was drafted because of that big ceiling, like that needs to be what happens, I think. 8030550 is the phone number. We'll take one more call before we hit a break. Let's go to Mike in Pennsylvania. Mike, what's up, man? You're on the cap.
0: Hey, uh, good evening. Yeah, look, when I look at the schedule, <clears throat> I mean, I'm – the first four games are going to probably set the tone for the season. Um, I expect them to go no less than 2-2, two and two, but there's a real shot for them to be 3-0 and o heading into Buffalo uh, playing New England. And if you watch any team in history that's young, you pull off a big win at your home stadium against a, a team that is really good, the confidence level... Uh, for the, the rest of the season is going to be through the roof. So, um, I mean, I think it's set up very good for the Bills to, uh, to, to start off 4-0. I actually do. Um, and I, like you said, the Patriots game in Buffalo week four is the, is the week to knock them off. But, um, I mean, if they can pull that off and they get a whole world of confidence, look out. They can be dangerous because I think the Bills, along with the Patriots, could then be playing their best ball at the end of the season as well.
2: Yeah, thanks for the call. Thanks for the call, Mike, because you remind me of the two seasons where they did actually start 4-0, 2011 and 2008, right? And I think what would feel a lot different about this year if that happened versus those years is I think this is the year you would expect a jump like that. And when they did it in 2008, when they did it in 2011, I think it caught us all off guard. Like Fitzpatrick is 4-0. Trent Edwards is an MVP candidate. Like, who saw that coming? And while you might not necessarily think Allen, like you would take Allen being Trubisky next year or being modest, would anybody be stunned if he just showed up next year and looked like 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 Mahomes Light, throwing 30 touchdowns, running all over the place? Because we know he possesses that physical abilities, we're just hoping that he's going to work, that he's going to fix the other stuff. Maybe he does fix the other stuff. I'm not holding my breath that that's going to happen, but I wouldn't be stunned. And that's why I think this that like that type of 4-0 would feel different to me, even though it would be against inferior competition. Like there would be a New England win in there, but Jets, Giants, Bengals. If I'm going to be good, if I'm going to be a playoff team, those are teams I should beat. 803-0550 is the phone number. We'll get more calls on the other side of this break. I'll update you on my poll. Um, a surprising number, I think. Maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but surprising to me how many people are voting on one side on this poll. Would you take the Bills being 5-3 and three, um, in the first eight games of the season? I'll update you on that as well. We'll hear from the, the coach and the, and, the, uh, and the quarterback throughout the night, Allen and McDermott. Uh, they both spoke yesterday after practice. W- w- interesting weekend at practice that I'll talk about too as well. It's the Nightcap with Joe Biassi. Looking for your calls next on WGR. I've known about John for a long time, just hearing his name in the NFL and some of the things that he does. He's got that name for going deep and getting deep balls, but I think as he's kind of gotten older, he's learned how to really run some routes and we're going to continue to work on those and implement those in our offense. He's a special guy. He comes in every day wanting to work, wanting to get better. Very talkative on what he sees, how he wants the ball a certain way. Very communicative on how he's going to run a route, how many steps. He's very detailed in his work, so it's fun to have him on our side as well. Josh Allen on John Brown, who by most accounts is lighting it up at training camp. Not a one-trick pony. Not a strictly vertical threat. He is getting open, apparently, on the horizontal routes, going across the middle. I think Bill's maybe added a sneaky, good number one wide receiver uh, for this upcoming year. Doesn't it kind of feel like, though, like this is another one of, like, it's, it's a certain upgrade, I think, over especially what they've had here last year and the year before, but, you know, Lee Evans, Stevie Johnson, Sammy Watkins, doesn't it feel like those were all guys that ideally were number two wide receivers, that on the bills were number ones, and that's kind of how John Brown feels to me, like, yeah. I think he's a sneaky good pickup. I like him a lot as a player, but perfect world, he's my number two. That's fine. Like you can't ask for too much in one off season, especially when they tried to get the number one. They traded for Antonio Brown, so they tried to do it. And when they weren't able to do that, I would say they did about as good as they could have possibly done. Uh, and that's part of the reason I think this team, like the expectation, should be higher. The receiving group was the weakness of the team, and they have fixed it. At least to some extent, they have fixed it. They have brought in established players who have been good on other teams, like John Brown and Cole Beasley. And they have the young guys like Robert Foster and, to a lesser extent to me, Zay Jones, even though I know so far at camp it seems like Jones has been ahead of Foster. Is 5-3 and three good enough to start the season? Those first eight games are pretty easy. The Eagles are on it. The Patriots are on it. Otherwise, you're looking at bottom feeders and middle-tier teams. I need six. To feel really comfortable given what is at the back half. I'll, I'll go through, run through some of the back half teams in a second, uh, but we want your calls. 803 0550 is the phone number. Let's go to Tyler in Williamsville. Tyler, you're on the nightcap. How's it going?
1: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T Mobile get four
0: iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.
1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, how's it going? Um, I think the game we really have to worry about is week three against the Bengals. And I'm, I'm not sure if you remember a couple of years ago. Bills were Bills three and one. Bengals were one and three. And they, um, we went to Cincinnati. and We just lost twenty to sixteen. Um, I just think yeah. that game um, might be a trap game. You know, we're two and zero, and we we come we come home for our first home game, and I'm just kind of worried about that game.
2: The Bengal game is it? Is it just that it would be a trap game? Like, are you worried about anything on their team? Because to me, I'm looking at them and I'm thinking, all right, they're banged up at receiver, which was maybe one of the strengths of the team. The offensive line—they lost their first round pick already in Jonah Williams. I think this Bills defense, given what Cincinnati is on offense, they should be able to dominate them, I think.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Like um, That's what you're going to expect. But who knows? Andy Dalton
2: could come out firing. Joe Mixon could run for 150 yards, for example. He could, he could but I think Tyler takes the call, man. Like, I, I think they are just kind of one of those teams that I feel like I, if I'm going to take that leap, I should beat them. Bills teams in the last 15 years lose that game all the time. We'll, we'll stare at it at the beginning of the year and we'll think, all right, they're not that good. That's winnable, right? All the winnable games that they've had on their schedules over the years. How many have they actually won? But we look at the Bengals and we say, oh, that's winnable. They're not great for sure, but I wouldn't want to call them terrible either. They're not the Dolphins. They're not the Giants. Home, winnable. I feel like they, w- they lose that game more times than not. And... If the expectation should be that this team will be different and that the standard has been raised, they win that game. They find a way to beat the Bengals, who are not that good. They're okay at best. And the strengths of their team are depleted. Jonah Williams out for the season. A.J. Green already hurt. John Ross banged up. Yeah, they got Dalton. He's okay. Am I supposed to be scared of Andy Dalton? I should not be. I should be beating Andy Dalton. Eight times out of ten, Mariota. I should be beating him eight times out of ten. These average quarterbacks, Tannehill. Well, they usually did beat Tannehill. I'll give them that. But Winston and and Derek Carr and uh, back in the day, Jay Cutler. Like these middle tier quarterbacks that have always been the best quarterback on the field when they play the Bills. Those are the guys I need to start beating, and I need to start beating them on a consistent basis. So when the Bills show up to play the Bengals week three, I'm going to expect them to win that football game. And if they don't, then I think we have a problem with quarterback. Because if it becomes more apparent that that's going to be a consistent thing, not not just saying, hey, if Allen lights it up in the first two weeks, he has an off game week three. I'm not saying we, we don't have our quarterback. But we should now have a guy in place that will give us an advantage in those games over the Alex Smiths of the world. Because there's a whole... I feel like there's an Alex Smith tree out there. He has kind of laid the blueprint down to, for how a quarterback can be successful in the league without being, without having all the tools to be successful. And I think about Mariota for that. And I think about Dak Prescott. And I think about um, even uh, Tannehill to a lesser extent. And now um, Dalton. Like these are quarterbacks that seem to be playing it safer and safer and safer. Tyrod Taylor was this. They play it safe and they'll give you pretty good results. But when it's time to go play the elite guys like Mahomes and Brady and Wilson and Rodgers, well then you're always going to be at a disadvantage. And that's going to be what's interesting about Allen. Is he doesn't really have the skill set to. F- I f- it feels like he doesn't have the skill set to fall in the middle there with all of those Alex Smiths. He possesses those similar traits that the Mahomes-Rodgers caliber does. So if he doesn't reach that, like what are we talking about? And I really, at the end of the day, I just want to have a conversation about whether we should pay a quarterback to be drafted, because it's really never happened for me. Never. You know, there's been debate on whether at one time they should pay Tyrod Taylor or whether they should pay Ryan Fitzpatrick, but EJ never came close to that conversation. Trent never got to that conversation. JP never came close to that conversation. Will Allen will need to be at least pretty good this season. And then we're probably talking about, All right, well, are we going to pay him? Are we going to pay him or not? You dream that you'd be in a situation where we don't talk about it because he's just so good and you know you're going to pay him that way. But I don't know if that's too much to be, uh, to be asking for at this point. 8030550 is the phone number. Uh quick r- update on the Twitter poll that I put up on Twitter. Obviously, asking would you take 5 and 3 for the bills to start the first half of the season and 90% are saying yes. And I would I would have told you the more would have said yes than no. I'm just I guess a little surprised that it's that high. But I get it. How many of the last 10 years would you have given a kidney to give, be 5-3 in the first eight games? That's a dream almost every year for the Bills. But this year, to me, feels different. That's why I'm saying no. I'm part of that 10% that is saying no. I would not sign up right now for 5-3. Let me know what you think. 803-0550 is the phone number. We'll hear from the quarterback. We'll hear from the coach as we progress as well. It's the Nightcap with Joe Biassi here on WGR.
1: as they've gotten to know I'm highly competitive, true pro. I try and communicate with these guys and tell them, hey, what the plan is ahead of time so they know, so they have clarity and they can become the best version of themselves with that clarity. We try and manage that all the time, whether it's a running back position in this case or any other position. And We've got a, right now, a balance going a little bit at that position where we hope it allows these guys to stay fresh yet continue to uh, get themselves ready to go for the season.
2: All right, I was looking for hints in there. I, the one thing I'm trying to dissect more than anything with the Bills this uh, this training camp and preseason, which is going to be really tough in the preseason, is what the split is at running back. And he talks about keeping him fresh there. I think we're really headed towards a running back by committee unless... And like a true committee, like three guys, maybe four, depending on Yeldon, although he doesn't seem to be getting many first-team reps. Singletary... Uh, I am all here, by the way, for Devin Singletary hype. Like, there was a lot of it this weekend. I know Nate was down at uh, at training camp, and he was talking about how he was having a great practice. Other people were. He was seeing an uptick in first-team reps, partially because McCoy got kind of a rest day, it seems, on Sunday, yesterday. And, man, if Singletary can take opportunities like that and run with them, preseason is going to be his Like, it's going to be his. Gore is 36. He's not playing in the preseason. It's not going to happen. 36-year-old running backs barely play in their NFL regular season. They don't play in the preseason. McCoy is a 30-plus-year-old running back. He is not playing in the preseason very much. And Yeldon ain't getting a lot of first-team reps. So, I'm expecting to see a lot of Devin Singletary. And, man, is that going to fuel the hype for him if he looks good. Because he will look good, and he'll be the only one out there. For the most part. And that'll fuel any thoughts about trading with Sean McCoy. If it, I am just waiting. Ben Solak talked about this earlier. Man, if someone's star running back goes down with injury, it's gonna feel a lot like they're gonna be they're gonna be trading him. If Singletary looks great, which is not. Out of the realm of possibility. He's looking good in camp. I know it's early. I know you're not supposed to read a lot into it. I'm not, but I'm just saying. I'm hyped for him. I think he could be special. He could be special. That would further decrease the need to have a nine million dollar running back that you might be able to get something for. Ben Solak covers the Eagles. Also the Draft Network, plenty of time with Sean McCoy. Here's his thoughts on the uh, trading McCoy idea and the Bills running back situation.
0: What it comes down to is they're going to be trading aging veterans on the deadline. It's going to be a team is a piece away from feeling that they can compete. I mean, I think about, like, the, the Panthers trying to be dead I year. They weren't able to do it. But the Rams end up grabbing him when you start losing some health at running back with Todd Gurley, and, and, and he's able to string you out on a few games, keep you competitive, and Anderson did even more than that for the Rams in terms of how well he was producing. And mm-hmm. So McCoy's going to be one of those. Everyone knows he's on the block. He and his agent probably know he's on the block.
2: Like, I think if someone's star running back goes down, that conversation will it'll be lighter fluid, especially if Singletary is setting that fire during the preseason. Which is very likely to me. But we'll see. We'll see. Gore's in the mix, too. And, like, he's. Like, who's safer, Gore or McCoy? I don't know. But it's hard for me to think that they're not going to use this third round running back. Third round running backs are great a lot. There was also some chatter about Josh Allen and Cole Beasley not getting on the same page early on in camp. And that seemed to be doing better yesterday. Like, they were on, on the same page a little bit more. So that's good. That's going to be a big question throughout the year. Like, I wonder if that's just going to be how this goes, though. If there's just going to be games where Allen just forgets about him. Where there's just games where they're playing from behind, I don't know, and he's just trying to make something happen and chucking it downfield to Foster and uh, Jones and, and Brown especially, and maybe he just loses Beasley. Maybe he just kind of forgets about him. That could absolutely happen. But I do think there will be games and I think there will be a pointed effort to use him. Cause they paid him. They paid him a lot. So I'm thinking I'm thinking that uh Beasley's usage might not be as much as it's being hyped about right now, but Like I said, I think there will be a concerted effort to use him. 803-0550 is the phone number. We're going to hear from the head coach in the next hour. We're going to hear from the quarterback in the next hour. Just a little bit of each um, as they were uh, speaking yesterday after practice. Bills will be back on the field tomorrow, although that is not open to the public. And then they will be on the field on Wednesday. That will be open to the public. That's a 945 a.m. start time at St. John Fisher. There was also a big signing in hockey today and a trade in hockey today that... The trade is something I would have liked to see the Sabres do. They didn't. We'll talk about that. And then the Lightning, man. How, they, how do they have all this cap space? They pay everybody. How do they get away with paying everybody? They shouldn't have this much money available. They paid a guy big, big today. So if you missed that, we'll talk about that as well. 8030550 for your thoughts. It's the Nightcap with Jody Biassi on WGR.